A reading from John, chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. On the third day, a wedding took place in Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing, each holding from 80 to 120 litres. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water, so they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realise where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine, after the guests have had too much to drink. But you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, before I bring my reflections, I just say a quick prayer. Lord, open our minds to receive the message that you have for us this morning. Plant it deep in our hearts that it might transform us and make us into the people you want us to be. Amen. So this first miracle of turning water into wine involves joy, celebration, good news, and endless love. But I want a little disclaimer before I begin. Weddings are a joyful time, although not everyone experiences a happy ever after. God wants the best for us, but we have to acknowledge that those situations where things don't work out. And we pray for healing, recovery, and where possible reconciliation for marriages that have broken down or are rocky. We remember too that um, there are those who are involuntarily single, and there's the widowed. If there's anything stirred up at any point during this service, then we have prayer ministry at the end where someone, and this week it's Andrew, um, will be happy to pray with you in complete confidentiality and without any judgment. And obviously that's available whether it's related to uh, relationships or anything. I just wanted it out there. So anyway, in the passage, we learn more about how to be disciples, and we learn more about the one that we follow. Eyes need to be open. So first of all, Mary notices that the wine is running low. Do we have our eyes open to people's needs? That involves being present in the moment. It involves turning our gaze away from our own concerns and considering the needs of others. 
actually thinking about it, Sue coming to the rescue is a very good example of exactly that, noticing and doing something about it. Jesus responds to our needs in the day-to-day of life. So I know weddings don't happen every day, not even if you're Henry VIII or Elizabeth Taylor, but they are usually a part of the normal pattern of life. And this story is an ordinary, recognisable, relatable scenario to showcase Jesus's extraordinary power. So remember that Jesus is involved in every aspect of our lives. Now, running out of wine was a social humiliation, but it's a minor social scandal compared to things like physical disability, ostracism, demon possession, or death. But still Jesus intervenes. We can come to him with even minor requests. Don't feel we can only approach him with the big stuff important concerns nothing is out of bounds we can bring it all to the lord in prayer even can you find me a parking place please god do that quite often you could be forgiven for not realizing that's realizing that that's the case though based on a superficial hearing of what jesus says to mary he says woman why do you involve me my hour has not yet come Sounds a bit off. It's a bit of a John thing for Jesus to appear to be saying no when he does indeed go on to intervene. Perhaps you're familiar with the um, story of Lazarus where Jesus doesn't rush to his bedside even though he knows Lazarus is dying but rather waits until he's been in the tomb for four days. So, he does take his time, but he does it. My hour has not yet come. Don't hear it as, leave me alone, woman. It could be interpreted as, there is still time to deal with relatively mundane matters before the hour, because the hour is his death on the cross. Of course, when his hour does come, he intervenes into history in the most spectacular, extraordinary way. His boundless love takes the sins of all humanity on his shoulders to restore us to a right relationship with God. But still, Jesus is willing to intervene with love in ordinary ways. And then we've got do whatever he tells you. Again, Mary modelling what it is to be a disciple. Mary may not know the specifics, but she knows that Jesus is a source of help. We should follow her example, trusting in him to find a way forward. And we participate in the solution. Let's just be in no doubt, Jesus could have changed the water into wine like that. But he got the servants to participate. And this is true of other miracles too. For example, back to Lazarus being raised from the dead in John 11, he asked people to roll away the stone from the tomb. 
And when he feeds the 5,000 in, in this version, he starts with the question, what have you got? We're involved. We are participants in the work of the kingdom. The servants needed to do what Jesus said for the miracle to occur. And it wasn't flamboyant, but it might have sounded a bit bonkers. They did it, though. Are we able to listen to Jesus and do as he asks? So have our eyes open, trust Jesus, we'll respond to our needs, do what he asks and be part of the solution. So then we move on to a sign for the disciples about who Jesus is. The final verse of the passage that Christine read tells us that what Jesus did here was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. John's Gospel speaks of Jesus' miracles as signs because they always point to something deeper than the merely miraculous. They inform us about who Jesus is and about the purpose of his mission. So, in this story, Jesus replaces water used for Jewish purification purposes with more than 120 gallons of wine. Yay! Now, according to the Jewish scriptures, when the Messiah comes, there'll be an abundance of new wine, a symbol of God's abundant goodness to his people that Jesus turns so much water into the best of wines is a sign that he is in fact the long-awaited Messiah. The Jewish audience would have got that immediately. Throughout Hebrew scripture we see the generosity of God in his grace and mercy. In Jesus we see this in a superabundance. Our God is a God of abundance. He doesn't just make water into any wine, he makes it into the very best. And it isn't about the booze, it isn't about getting drunk, it isn't about possessions and conspicuous consumption. It's about God wanting to give us the best. John 10 verse 10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. That's not about material things. It's about life in its fullest sense. Ultimately, it's about eternal life. And he transforms us. Water into wine is a symbol for what he will do with us as his disciples. He transforms us into something better. He makes us new creations as children of God. Jesus is the Messiah. He brings life in its truest meaning and he transforms us into new creations. How about that? I'm going to close in prayer. Um, It's a prayer that I based loosely on uh, Paul's words in Ephesians 3, 16 to 21. I pray that out of his glorious riches, the Lord may strengthen us with power 
through his spirit in our inner being so that Jesus may dwell in our hearts through faith. And I pray that we, being rooted and established in love, may have power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.